The Sport Industry Access Podcast, Episode 82. What core skills do you need to pursue a career in digital strategy? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who is a sports expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in the digital sector of sports. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Also, this podcast episode will be on the resource on digital sport, where I have selected my best interviews which focus about pursuing a career in the digital sports sector of the sports industry. For more information, go to education2sport.com. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Stephen Burke. Stephen is the founder of the SB1 Sport Blog, where he specialises in digital sports strategy and writes about the transformation of digital sports within the sports industry. I can happily say that I'm fascinated about Stephen's line of work and it's great to have him as a special guest on the show. That's why in today's episode, Stephen will share his sports career journey and explain the importance of digital strategy within the sports industry. Stephen, it's great to have you on the show. Please can you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? Okay, Ed, great to be along. I've been in the, the sports industry for a number of years now, you know, when, you know, I reflect on it, I, I was in the, the industry pre-digital, uh, you know, when probably before the internet was even around. So, you know, my, my university started in, in Australia, but before that, like most people, it also starts in your childhood with a, a healthy interest in sport itself. And so I grew up um, outdoors, you know, surfing, Australian football, cricket, all of those types of things and naturally you know wanting to connect with sport into career um, become you know my my destination so uh, I did a sports business degree uh, in Queensland then I started working in the university sports sector I then worked in the local uh, government um, municipality space and and did a lot of um, facility master planning uh, and development so I worked across a number of skills in Australia that included membership organisations, high performance, uh, but also the softer things like community consultation, dealing with, with clubs that have volunteers, dealing with um, organi- like governmental organisations at, at, at a lot of levels. Uh, and it was through that collective package of experience that I then looked more broadly and so now I wanted to take on a more international facing role. And so um, myself, my wife, we relocated to Qatar the best part of 10 years ago and have been working in this you know, emerging uh, economy, but in, in uh, that 
is using sport as a, a national brand. So, you know, my strategic skills are really the um, the area that uh, are, are most valuable now as uh, as Qatar also looks to, to grow its uh, brand. So, uh, and, and along the way, I've done a, a master's of international um, sports management as well, sort of coupling everything together. So that's a, a quick... Um, journey across probably the best part of 25, 30 years of, um, of my sports career. That sounds really interesting. Just going back to your academic studies, how has your business sports degree supported you looking back now? You know, it's that's a very interesting question. I think that for sure there's, the, like the fundamentals are, are always there. Uh, the marketing side, the, the leadership side, um, sorry, the, the legal side, communication, um, sports governance, you know, the, the whole operating structure around sport. I think that, as I mentioned before, I, I've done my studies mainly in, in pre-digital times and, you know, there's a, there's a whole set of other skills that are needed uh, now to be a, a really good player um, in in a sports organisation. You know, you really need to have, you know, what, what I term a digital literacy, you know, that, that really wasn't... Um, talked about um, before, you know, the, the, the last 10 years, for example. So the the, the basic constructs of sport are, are always going to be the same, um, but other things are, are really layered on top now. Um, you know, you need to, to be more understanding of the value of data. You need to be more understanding of innovation. The thing that really has happened in, in sport when I think about it is that the fan is now firmly in charge. It, it used to be that pre-digital, before social media, before mobile phones, you know, when, which really gave fans or any consumers a voice, before then it was you go to the, 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 the stadium or the venue on the weekend, you know, you pay your ticket, maybe you grab um, something at the, at the hot dog stand, then you watch the game, you walk away and you don't think any more about it as, as an experience or as a shareable occasion. But now, you know, with, with these uh, technologies, these digital enablers now, it's all focused around building an experience because it's no longer good enough for the organisation just be throwing out the, the product or service that they want the, the, the fan base to have. Now it's about creating experiences that put the fan at the centre of it. So like the, the business model is the thing that has really turned around. You know, marketing is still marketing, communications is there, legal is there. Uh, you know, HR is still there, but it's the that the dynamic between fan and business that that's really changed. Absolutely, out of interest, what inspired you then to pursue a career in the sports industry? I, I think passion. You know, if, if you're not driven by a passion for sport, then you know, I, I really haven't met anyone who's who's been in sport that hasn't had passion and if they have if they haven't had that passion they've probably been lost along the way or um that for sure you know they're they're not a uh a, you know a successful um sports practitioner so you know it all, it all comes down to to being a fan first just from an employment standpoint for the listeners listening in in your opinion how competitive is it to pursue a career in this industry you know i think it's it's really competitive because sport is 
is such a feel-good story, um, you know, a majority of the times or, you know, at, at least at its, at its values. For sure, there's there's other things that happen around sport that, you know, can can erode it. But, you know, for the majority of us working in, in sport, it, it's really a, a good thing to be involved in uh, and, and to, you know, you have a community um, built around it and, uh, you know, people operate as a team uh, in there as well. So, you know, I think they're some of the, um, you know, the real values that, um, you know, are, are inspiring in the business of sport. What career skills would you say have supported you looking back from the last 25 years? You know, I, I think firstly, you, you, you need to be flexible. Um, and and the other point to, to make, sorry, just going back to your last point as well, uh, you know, it, it, it's highly competitive sport because people can come from outside of sport as well, or they can come from um, you know, elite sport or sports people can can you know leverage into uh, leadership positions or or high management positions, uh, and then you've got people from the the finance world or the broadcast world and and those kind of things coming in as well. So, if you really want to make a go of it, you, you need to to be you know creating value in yourself um, you know all, all of the time, and, and so then um, you know I, I come back to you know your your later point, um, you know. You, you need to be flexible because the the evolution continues to to be so so rapid. You know, technology is evolving so much that the fans' expectations continue to to evolve. There's a statement that that I like that you know we're, we're all now in sport businesses a, a mini Amazon because it doesn't matter whatever the experience that a fan is able to receive um, from their their favourite team. They're only ever going to compare it to, to the best experiences that they can get. And Amazon, you know, the level of personalization that they can provide you or, or Netflix, you know, what the people like, as fans will ask, well, you know, I trade so much in loyalty to, to my organization. Why isn't my organized, you know, why, why don't they know me as well? So, you know, we work in an environment that are typically small to medium enterprises but have corporate level responsibilities when, when you think about the, uh, the, the the fans themselves, so being being flexible is about understanding what is continuing to happen and being ahead of that curve and being a uh, a lifelong learner is very much at the at the root of any good um, sports practitioner's success. Just relating to today's main topic, what core skills do you need to pursue a career in digital strategy in sports? You know the the. Notion of digital strategy is is something that uh, you know, or digital analyst is is something that you know it is a a secondary thing for me, and something that that I've purposely uh, pursued because I saw that there was a gap in real knowledge there. Uh, yes, there's there's a lot of information in digital marketing and, and social media, but I come from a, a strategic point of view, and I saw that there wasn't a lot of information. Uh, out there on how organisations in sport need to be aligned in the um, in this digital economy, you know, the, where digital disruption, digital transformation, uh, real, um, but beyond buzzwords, but they're, they're real um, concepts of, of the day. So, you know, that's that's an area that I've developed over and above my, um, my nine to five role. So what inspired you to start your own blog? Well, I think that, 
you know, when you when you commit to being a, a lifelong learner, that means that that you're taking inspiration from a number of sources. And because we're in a in an online environment now, it, it's easy to to have uh, good access, and and you can set up your, uh, your you know your Twitter feeds or your LinkedIn feeds or uh, other avenues to to the content that you want to get from, you know, whether they're publications, whether they're respected industry leaders and so on. And so after doing that for a certain amount of time, you become internally inspired to go, oh, you know, I could write about, you know, I'm starting to connect some dots on some different things that I've seen, um, either because I've seen it in, in a number of papers or I've seen a progression of something over time. You know, we, we look at, um, you know, virtual reality. If, if, if you're um, on on social media, you know, in, in a professional way, you'll see that the conversations start to emerge, and then you'll see it mature rapidly, and so on. And it's interesting that that these sort of things happen in front of our eyes and in real time. So, getting back to to why a blog, it it's interesting to to then to take a, a seed of an idea and go, okay, I'm going to put this down in writing because one, it helps solidify uh, my own uh, thoughts around the topic, but it also is good for your, your own writing. Uh, and then finally, it's good for, you know, publishing something to see if, if other people share those same insights or to, to inspire uh, a bit of a conversation around the topic as well. So, you know, there's there's a number of benefits to, to blogging, um, you know, or even podcasting in terms of primarily to, to build your own brand profile on the outside, but it has um, a, a number of internal benefits and then if you're looking to to leverage that into a career or a, a new opportunity it's like a resume um, but it speaks more strongly than a resume because it means you're professional and and personally committed to be to putting things down um, that that others can learn from and you know that's a strong statement to prospective employers as well Absolutely. Would you mind explaining to the listeners what your blog is about and what sort of topics you talk about as well or write about, I should say? I've been focused on develop, like, since my blog and then some, some other things as well. Uh, I'm on a, a, a sport and technology conference out of the US. So I'm a, uh, an advisory board um, representative on that where we, we provide insight into what should be spoken about, uh, you know, the topics and the panels and that kind of thing. But the the thing with my blog, I've now developed a, an, an online course, which will shortly be delivered off, um, off the learning platform called Sports Business Institute out of Barcelona. But the things that, that really took hold on my blog um, are around digital strategy or, or the impact that esports has had or how different technologies are creating a more fan experience uh, and more immersive experience because of these new technologies like artificial intelligence and augmented reality so it's really what whatever takes my fancy in a sports strategy and digital umbrella if you like um, so my blog is at sb1 sport um, dot com, but also, you know, I, I put out uh, that the blog and probably the benefit of the blog is that it gives you confidence to move on to other things as well. So this conference that I mentioned, they, they have a monthly magazine. I'm a contributing um, writer to that as well. So, you know, I don't always put things through my blog and I put, put a lot of content also 
on um, the Sports Business Institute site uh, as well. So, um, you know, it becomes a, a bit of a platform to, to broaden out. And even on, on LinkedIn is, is another area. You know, people don't have to set directly set up a, uh, a their own website that they can, you know, just blog on uh, LinkedIn, um, which is, is pretty useful as well. That's really great to hear. And just you've mentioned it very briefly, but how have you seen your blog supported you from a personal profile online so students can get on board that it can enhance them on social media in building that rapport with other companies in the sports industry? You know, I guess, Ed, even just us talking today is, uh, you know, I think you come across one of my my blogs and, and then we connected. And I think that's that's the opportunity. And I had a, a colleague in, in my network, uh, we were talking one time and he said, you know, I don't always want to blog because, you know, you need to find the time, you need to find the, the discipline to do it. He said, but every time I do it, I create a new opportunity. And, you know, that that has stayed with me as well. Uh, and, and you don't know when that opportunity will be. But the, the, the thing about the online world is, you know, and, and digitization is, is that we can capture our thoughts and put them there. So it's a bit like a, a time capsule, you know, the, a blog that uh, I did was, was actually off the, the back of a, a panel that, that I was part of at, at um, SoccerX came to Qatar uh, and, and I hosted a panel that was talking about innovation. And so then because I facilitated a, a group uh, around a um, the topic, I, I put my own thoughts about that that experience down, and you know, two years later, we're we're talking about that. So, uh, you know, things stay relevant uh, as well. Absolutely. Just relating back to your career now, what have you been up to recently? The, the main thing I'm doing on a, on a personal level, as as I mentioned, is that I've got this online course. It's um, it's called Managing Digital Transformation in Sport. Uh, and it, it's due to release on the 29th of this month, so in, in any number of days. It's interesting that uh, at, the, at the turn of the new year, uh, Gianna uh, Infantino said that he's going to make 2018 the, the year of FIFA's digital re- revolution. And uh, so, you know, the, this whole concept of transforming the organisation from a traditional sport into a digitally enabled sport is something that's really taken hold. And that's a passion of mine. So I spend um, like always some time of my day reviewing different articles that are around or or writing myself, you know, I'm, um, you know, forever in that mode over and above um, my own my own uh, time at work, but that that broadens out your network as well. So anytime, you know, in, in a work sense, if someone needs someone, you know, from outside of the organisation to call on about a topic, you know, I've got people at hand because, you know, have such a, a, a um, kind of a, you, you keep a continual presence and that's important as well uh, for for people who are trying to, to break into to careers, you know, because you never know that they, other people may have a referral for you or, um, you know, sport is really good at, at being a, a network um, across the industry and, and sharing ideas and sharing support. And particularly if you're prepared to provide value to 
um, other people, you know, rather than just being going out, okay, and no one's ever heard of me before, but now I need a job. No, it's, it's better to, to start, you know, having connected with people, ha- having, you know, joined in their, their, their uh, conversations, even if that's liking different posts from influencers and so on. So by the time you do reach out to people, you say, oh, you know, I've been following you for a while and, you know, I've been liking what you've said and, you know, I've tried to share it to, to my people and, you know, would you be, you know, open to talking with me some more or something is is a much more, uh, you know, a much more open way than, than people are going to receive you than, than just, you know, saying, I want to connect with you now and now or straight away, I want you to give me some value, you know, and I think that's a, a mistake that people need, um, you know, make. You, you need to, to nurture things. And so, you know, if you're a student, you know that you're going to be graduating at a point in time and then you're going to be looking into the job market, then, you know, you need to work back and go, okay, what do I need to do in parallel with my academics that are going to prepare me to give me an advantage? You know, it's like in that, that um, you know, in, in a sports performance setting, you know, where uh, athletes are always looking for that, that extra little bit of advantage. You know, what is someone uh, in a, as a, aspiring sports professional going to do to create that that element um so it doesn't have to be a blog it can just be you know making sure that you're um connecting to people particularly on um twitter and linkedin growing a profile that you would want anyone else to see you know pick a a role model okay well make sure that your um, posts are appropriate so they're they're part of your um, resume as well. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're some of the, the insights I would give to, to aspirants. Stephen, just on a personal note, what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career so far looking back now? I think the the diversity of situations that, that you end up, you know, finding yourself in that are unknown. Uh, you know, sport is, is so dynamic uh, that the ecosystem around the sports business can be really broad as well. Uh, you know, if you take a, uh, a a team and think about all of the all of the partners that, that that that's involved in, you know, whether they're whether they're sponsors, whether they're community partners, whether they're broadcast partners, whether they're agencies. So you get exposure to a whole lot of people across, uh, you know, a, a range of different industries not just the sports industry um and that can help stimulate your own ideas but also to to broaden out the um your 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 thinking and and your network and you know those those things can be um really powerful as well because they they enable you to to be taken they take your mind in in different places as well and you know probably one of the things that i've enjoyed the most is um, becoming a board member of a of a global sports and technology conference and the people that that's connected me into um, all all across the globe and then the experiences I go and have on an annual basis and and so on but so I I would never have thought you know a few years before that I I would be in that environment um, and, and with those opportunities but actually that the invitation came to me probably you know partly because of the the, the sharing that I was I was doing online, they go, okay, well, this guy, like, he, he obviously knows about this sort of thing because he's putting the word out there on that. So, uh, you know, I, I think that it's the, it's the unknown opportunities that create themselves because of what you're giving to to not just your profession but to to the industry in in an online 
online, you know, always on digital world. I think you just highlighted a really good point. It relates to our chat so well that working in the unknown, connecting with people who are like-minded, I think that's really important for the listeners to understand when pursuing a career in this industry. Stephen, I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university sports students who want to pursue a career in the sports industry? You know, it can be hard to work out exactly what you want to focus on uh, in, in the very first. So, you know, that, that's why it's good to, to immerse yourself in, in different topics, you know, explore them beyond your, your university curricula. Like I said, you can, you can on Twitter or LinkedIn feeds or, or elsewhere, um, YouTube is another good place, you know think of topics and explore them and see if that's that's your deep interest area uh, because it's it's about finding a, a niche for yourself and then once you do find that area you know really double down on that and learn as much as you can offline well by offline I mean um, you know off uh, off curricula um, about that you know who who are the great people in that space you know what what are the sort of things that that they think how do they communicate what networks do, do, do they have as well but also what are the what are the characteristics of that area um, you know if it's digital marketing or if it's social media or if it's even if it's sales it, it doesn't matter but what particularly is, is driving the the best people in those in those segments and and it'll be around data as well you know data underpins everything now uh, so it's it's about knowing once you work out what's that real sweet spot of yours, you know, what, what, what data do people collect? How do they use that on that, that personalization um, context that I mentioned before? You know, the fans at the center of the experience now. So, okay, how do, we, how do, how do the best exponents use data in, in those ways to drive the decisions that are going to, um, you know, make them the best practitioner in that space? And once you unlock that, that value, and you keep working to understand that and to be able to have those conversations with other people, then by the time you get to an interview stage or, or you're talking to other uh, to, to professionals, you're, you're going to be understanding what they're on about, but, but more importantly, what the challenges in that space are, because they're always about understanding the, the data and how that enables that area to connect uh, more strongly with individuals because that's the business that we're in. That is really great, and I really do hope the listeners take that on board. How can people interact with you online, Stephen? Oh, well, people are welcome to uh, send me an invitation on LinkedIn uh, at um, you know Stephen Burke is my name. Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at SB One Sport, which is also the the same handle as my. Um, blog as well and, and I'm sure if people looked up SB1 Sport or they, they looked me up just on even on search you know they'll, they'll find a little bit of content elsewhere whether it's in um, in magazines or it's um, like I mentioned before on the, the Sports Business Institute site as well. That is great to all the listeners listening in all those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Stephen it's been great chatting with you today thank you very much. You're welcome Ed thank you. What a really interesting sports career journey from Stephen. For me, the biggest learning element I've taken from this interview is how a blog, how finding a specific niche can create opportunities. 
but most importantly, can create credibility within yourself. And this is something I'm learning through my experience doing this podcast show. But for you who are thinking about pursuing a career in the sports industry at university and not sure what you want to do, Stephen really provides you some great career advice in how you can make it a reality. And taking up those pieces of advice and apply it to a topic, so in this case we'll talk about digital sport, which is such a big, exciting pathway to the sports industry we're discovering new elements to this sector of the sports industry this can be an opportunity for you but you've got to be willing to keep learning on specific areas of this topic so you can create your own niche which will interest employers to hiring you so I really do hope you take on board what Stephen was saying during our chat and apply it to your sports career journey for today and good luck Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Stephen said, discover topics that interest you, because to work in this industry, it's all about you finding your niche where you can add value 